0: on tonight's episode of the superhero show show we'll find out will the biggest fight of stargirl be pat versus barbara will any actual news come out of virtual comic-con will fitz actually show up to his own fucking tv series all that and more on an all-new superhero show show
1: Hello, nerds. Nerd. hello, nerd! Hello,
0: nerds. Oh, hello, and welcome
1: to the. Hello, oh, he, okay, wait, hold up. Okay, hello. so so when I give the count off, then so Cassie's not here. So just follow my lead, okay? Okay. So when I give the count, hello, off. hello,
0: nerds, and welcome to the superhero show show. Oh, that's cheating
1: a little bit, don't you think?
0: Is it? Yeah, I mean, I was. I, I thought said, I was following your lead. So, like, you gotta when you're like aiming at a bird flying, you gotta lead it.
1: I said, I'm I'm about to do the count off. And then you were like, oh, he's about to start the count off. Let me just dive in there and steal the fucking spotlight. Everybody knows Three, the host is the start. one Hello, ner- Hello,
0: nerds. I thought we're, we're not trying to do a unison thing?
1: No. I'm trying to host the show because Cassie clearly wanted me to do it in her absence.
0: Is that why she texted me all week and said, please, for the love of God, don't let Ryan host? Oh,
1: is that why she didn't text me knowing that I would make the perfect host? what what? Uh, do what you, does that mean? Do you text Barack Obama saying, "Oh, you're 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 going to be the perfect president"? No, you just don't text it, and then he knows.
0: No, that's that's not how anything works.
1: When Jesus was on the mount, were you like, "Hey, bud, nice nice job being on the mount"? No.
0: Yeah, nice abs. You're mounting the shit out of that mount. You just don't
1: text anything, and then they, then he knows.
0: All right. He's just up there, like, man, I'm king of this mount.
1: You you really think that you could do this? Yes. Have you ever hosted one superhero show show before?
0: No. Under that title, legally, yeah, you have I've not. never hosted a superhero show show.
1: All right, I'm gonna give you a shot. Three, two, one. Hello, nerds, and welcome to the welcome
0: to the superhero show show. The only show where we watch and review every single live action TV show based on the comic books. And I'm legally obligated to say it, but I hate it or comic book properties. I'm your host for the evening because Cassie, I guess, has better things to do. Mike Gravano, and with me, as always, is a guy who definitely doesn't care about sharing the spotlight. Ryan,
1: what's your energy right now? Are you more like fuck Cassie, man? We can do this, or is it like no? Let's purposefully fuck it up so she never leaves us again.
0: I would never purposely fuck it up, Ryan. Really? All of those <laughs> times we're on accident. <laughs> That's crazy. I don't. I don't know what you mean. I, I. My nails are shooting out of my mouth in a cartoonish fashion because I am chomping them so hard. It's nerve-wracking being up here.
1: Also, bro, your flop sweat, your giant blue cartoon flop sweat is turning into giant green stink lines.
0: Yeah, that's definitely happening. It's so it's such flop sweat that it's about to jump off a diving board say, "Look at this dive I can do" and just whale belly first. And also, how
1: come every once in a while it says like there's a cloud that comes out of your butt that says poot? Is that part of oh, being no, that's nervous? Where,
0: yeah, that's where the poots come from. It's <laughs> why I don't do well with live shows because of all, all the, the smells <laughs> all the poots and all the smells you know you
1: can tell your roadies to just mount, uh, mic your mouth and not mic all parts of your body
0: look i spent money i bought a drum kit style mic set which is like five mics so i gotta use it even though it's just me doing spoken word
1: i love that i love that for you i love that journey where uh, you have mics around you as if you were a drum set that's <laughs> and they cannot move you're just frozen no. in place
0: and I just, it's just the jaw. The jaw can sort of move, so I can talk mostly. <laughs> People love it.
1: Obviously, yes. We hear all the poots. So um, I would say, right now, so far, D minus. Um, do you think that you could raise that up as a host from a D minus?
0: I mean, it's hard. Like, I never see you treat Cassie this way. You politely wait for her to bring you in you never tell her you don't grade her right away oh i'm, uh, I'm sorry i'm much more respectful
1: I'll, uh no i'll sit out and wait until i'm introduced which will probably happen in like 30 or 45 minutes uh but let's let's keep in mind that i've never felt the need i've never been given the need to treat cassie this way but well, I, hold i've
0: no, been in to introduce the show and you interrupted
1: i'm out i uh bye mike i guess i'm gone and we'll see if i come back again when you introduce me
0: <clears throat> it's, it's it's so weird listeners because Uh, I did introduce him, but it's so clear I don't get the respect Cassie gets that when I said, and with me as always, my good pal Ryan.
1: Hey, how are we doing tonight? Thank you so much, Mike, (laughs) for having me. I appreciate it. I would say, so I was on the sidelines uh, just watching, waiting for my turn, and I would say that you are not doing a good job. uh, D minus, but D minus is not an F.
0: D minus is not an F. I think I could still pass college. I think that's the rules. What's the Uh lowest grade you've ever gotten? Ever? F. You've gotten an F? Yeah. On a real report card?
1: On a real report card, yeah. Uh, in college, I failed anthropology.
0: You dumb motherfucker. It's
1: so hard. Is it because so you just hard.
0: kept up to the sh- store to sell clothes? <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, that's probably a joke, or a reference to something. I'm not sure. But uh, anthropology and science was not my major. Whatever the opposite of science was, was my major. Uh, but I had to take something, and I took that. And it's just learning the names of bones. Mm-hmm. And I got a name for this bone over here, and it's Bones, the TV show, and that I can watch that and review it. But as far as like knowing the difference between uh, primate skulls, I don't know, what, what are we doing here? And why?
0: Do you, do you know who does know the difference between primate skulls? Is Doctor Ito on Stargirl, which is the main segment for this week? But before that, let's check on Virtual Comic Con. C minus it is the super serious, shushy bullpen. Nobody has said the full name in two years, and it feels so good to do it. This is where we check in on the rest of nerd and comic culture, where it's not so regimented talking about just live-action TV shows based on comic books and comic book properties. Today, Ryan, uh, would have been Comic-Con, Rest in Power in San Diego. It did not happen, but they all went virtual, so there is still nerd news coming out.
1: Do you know if – did you still have to pay, like, the $300 thing to watch these videos?
0: Yeah, and then when you do, they mail you a letter, and all it is is a handwritten thing that says, You're welcome. (laughs) They're cruel. No, I think uh, every panel is live. Some will actually stay on for 24 hours. Some will stay permanently. Some are – if you don't catch it live, you missed it, chump.
1: But, like, I mean, I guess money is king and money rules all, and – uh money never sleeps as wall street 2 taught us but uh, the, uh what are you paying for right now this is the same thing as like ivy league schools being charged 100,000 yeah. dollars a semester to sit at home and get uh you know a quarter of school
0: yeah so if if most of it is free i think the people are paying to get like it's an extra half an hour with the cast of new mutants beforehand so it's just you and 200 people instead of you and 5000 people watching that panel that kind of thing
1: and the two hundred people are all New Mutants. It's a it's a big cast, which is yeah. It's Altman esque, which is why the movie has not come out yet.
0: Yeah, because the editing, the sound editing alone. They everybody talks about Altman, but nobody remembers the star editor who really made it all work.
1: The director should have said, "I'm not Altman, man. I'm Alt man." Did you hear that the director in a panel uh, revealed his plans for the New Mutants trilogy? Cannot get his first movie out but has plans for three of them.
0: I love Babe Ruthing it when you were just in the minors. You're in AAA. I know sports. Uh, do you know those plans? That's not what we're doing right now. We're supposed to be talking. Ryan, what is the first bit of Comic-Con news you want to talk about?
1: Well, like, am I just going to tell you real news here?
0: No, uh, everything has to be a game here, because we can't just have normal human conversations. So Mike we're versus Ryan. False or false, no. Fictor Faction. Nope, that's what it is. This is, is it fict or is it faction? We have to say if the news we're telling each other is real or if it is a lie.
1: All right, I'm first.
0: You are first.
1: Mike, tell me if this is or Faction. Fear the Walking Dead showed its trailer and will premiere in October as will Walking Dead World Beyond. And The Walking Dead added six episodes for season 10 and there's going to come a time very soon where we will have three Walking Dead hours of TV per week.
0: Son of a bitch. That is, unfortunately, fict.
1: That is... Is fict fact?
0: I think fict is fact.
1: Okay, that is actually, yes. That is a fict. uh, That's a
0: horror story. That's the scariest thing the Walking Dead has ever done.
1: Yeah, there's going to be a time for at least a couple months where there's three hours of TV a week. And let me just say this to the listeners. I have not ran this by Mike and our uh, Lord and Savior Cassie, but... I don't even know if we're going to do the three shows separately on the show. We're just going to have a quick Walking Dead corner where one of us just goes through what happened and then we're going to move the fuck on.
0: I love it until I don't love the three weeks in a row where we do The Walking Dead, The Walking Dead, World Beyond, <laughs> and Fear the Walking Dead. Shit!
1: I forgot that like sometimes we will focus on shows. Yeah. Oh,
0: I mean, ostensibly. Contractually, that's what we say we do. Hey, listeners, uh, if you have
1: a good... Uh, Walking Dead podcast that you like to listen to and would like to sister up with us and like sort of handle the Walking Dead coverage, please email me contact at your Look,
0: we hate this shit you've devoted your life to. Please help us out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's what you always say to my Catholic mother.
0: Ryan, uh, I have a piece of news for you that you have to guess if it is fict or if it's faction. Oscar Isaac is working on a supernatural graphic noir. Comic uh with two high school buddies called Headwound wound Sparrow featuring a bad cop who suffers a head wound, losing all sense of empathy, so he 's a normal cop
1: is it head wound colon sparrow yeah, see okay, so I think it's I think it might be faction because we don't have any other sparrow things and we don 't have any other head wound things, so why would your first thing be something colon something i don't know but it is Oscar Isaac, and I want he's, you to be well, I want you to be weird right guy? so bad.
0: I think that he is weird. He's I think so. It is Fict, my friend.
1: No, I said Fict. You said Faction. I, th- I said I was thinking about it being Faction, um, but I'm going to ultimately go with Fict. Mike, don't take points away from me, man. Okay? I need the points that you're giving me on it. The- how Oh, many- that's
0: a removed point.
1: <laughs> is that like... Have you trained yourself to burp like that? That's so yeah. fucking weird.
0: It sucks it away. What is your next Fict or Faction piece of news?
1: My next one is that Jurassic World 3 will feature not only more animatronic dinosaurs, but also more real dinosaurs. (laughs) Are you more excited for this movie?
0: I am. I don't know which movie more. Like Jurassic Park original looked so good because the animatronic dinosaurs. I'm worried that those look so good, better than CGI dinosaurs, that I'll think the real dinosaurs look fake.
1: Do you know what I love about you, Mike, is that you treat... uh, Black lives don't matter, all lives matter. You treat those people... As the same people who say, dinosaurs never had feathers. You're like, get the fuck out of here, man.
0: I just like accuracy and empathy.
1: So black lives they do matter. Same. and Black
0: lives do matter, and d- dinosaurs did have feathers. Dinosaurs
1: did have feathers. Um, so if they get some real dinosaurs, which, and we haven't said fictor Faction yet, um, do you want to see some fucking feathers in this fucking movie?
0: There better be. That's, I'm, it's, it's crazy that we've not had one feathered dinosaur movie.
1: Uh, man, I can't wait for that T-Rex to just come out of the gate and just, like, roar.
0: Uh, I, I want to share a little bit of personal news. Uh, I guess this is my news. It happened during Comic-Con that uh, Stephen L. Broussate, the author of The Rise and Fall of Dinosaurs, uh, colon, A New History of the Lost World, uh, did tweet me thanking me for reading his book. What? Fictor faction Ryan.
1: <laughs> I'm going to say fict. I'm going to say, if you've got one reader, then you got to reach out and talk to them. When are you guys hanging out? And my second obvious question, because I know you, uh, when does your podcast begin?
0: Uh, we're going to start podcasting tomorrow. We're going to hang out probably a year from now.
1: Because uh, one has to follow the other. Based on what I know about both of you, it will be a episode-by-episode episode look at the ABC Jim Henson show, Dinosaurs, and what was real, what was not.
0: Yeah, Yeah, and every week I'm like, so that wasn't, Earl couldn't have helped that lunchbox. So wait, That's crazy.
1: Teenage dinosaurs didn't wear, just wear Converse around the house. This is—I don't <laughs> so, know what's going on.
0: What, what was it? Okay, so that was crustaceous. Is it Jurassic that they started wearing Converse? <laughs> uh,
1: do you right. want another one? Is it my turn? Or do
0: you have? Yes, it's your turn.
1: Okay, uh, my next one is <laughs> Shh. that Hellstrom is coming out in October. And it stars an actor named something, and then also Tony Danza, and also Judith Light, and the whole time, is Hellstrom the boss, or is it one of these other two people? We don't know.
0: So is it Danny Hellstrom, Tony Danza, or Angela Lightfoot?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's like you are such a good listener, and I appreciate that.
0: I just can't remember that many names in my head at once.
1: Lightfoot uh, is the motherfucking name of a dinosaur from a different <laughs> dinosaur movie. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Look,
0: <laughs> I would fail the person, man, woman, cat TV camera test, okay?
1: Raptor, Earl, Lightfoot.
0: <laughs> Baby not Baby the
1: Secret, of the Lost. Secret of the Lost
0: Legend. I'm gonna say faction.
1: That is Faction, yes. There is uh, there is a Hellstrom show, but Tony Danza and, and or Judith Light will not be featured. So at no point will anybody be asking, who's the boss?
0: Uh, I got one more piece of news for you, Ryan. That Amazon has bought the rights to Lumberjanes, the indie graphic novel series. Uh, the showrunner and head writer is Haley Jo Osmond. And he is going to all real live action actresses playing the the titular lumberjanes, but he is doing all their voices.
1: Oh, man, oh. all right. So I know you're like fucking bitten, you know, like you think that makes a good podcast. But I'm crossing my fingers and I'm closing my eyes and I'm praying to whatever God is still out there <laughs> that this is uh, Lumberjoles is gonna be <laughs> a thing. Oh God, is he gonna Is it this? Is it his just his normal voice for every character, or is he going to change his voice?
0: Hey, he's gonna change his
1: voice. Oh, okay. This is Ficht. I want it to happen. I'm gonna will <laughs> You're it to happen.
0: Ficht, rock hard, Ficht, baby.
1: <laughs> That's what we call William Fichtner, right? Character actor yes. from the films The Dark Knight and Go.
0: I love William Fichtner.
1: Rock hard, Ficht.
0: <laughs> That's his biopic. Uh, do you have any other? Should we? Well, should we should wrap this up. That is all the time we have for Ficht or Faction Virtual Comic Con News Edition. Uh, keep coming out because we record this in the middle of Virtual Comic-Con, so I guess maybe throughout the week we will tweet Fictor Faction News from Virtual Comic-Con. we take a quick break. When we come back, let's check in on Blue Valley Stargirl. In the 10th episode of Stargirl, we continue our focus on Brainwave Jr., who joins up with Stargirl and the Baby JSA to save his dad before he can be re-corrupted by the ISA after Brainwave wakes up with 10 years of memory missing. Meanwhile, Barbara kicks Pat out of the house when she finds out about the heroics. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Is there anything the show could have done to truly redeem Henry Jr., and how close did this episode get?
1: Oh, wow. Uh, Yeah, I mean, like, w- you said this was the 10th, so I would say, watching the first nine, I was like, you guys can't do this. There's no way. You know, he, he asked Yolanda a, you know, goody two-shoes who was in love with him, to send him nudes, and she did, and then he spread them around the school and basically ruined her life, you mm-hmm. know? And oh, very much so. It's possible that she gets over it and she's stronger because of it, but in the moment right now, she he ruined everything about her life that she, you know, held dear. Uh, if you didn't think that he did, watch the scene with her and her parents. Like, right. her parents are as big of monsters as Henry Jr. And so what they did was they had... Henry Jr. go through the biggest arc that the writers are capable of and then have one last look at Yolanda and truly apologize to the point that Yolanda does believe that he does regret his actions and then motherfucking killed him.
0: Yeah. It's, and that arc includes, uh, we find out he was abused after he was 10 on, or, or no, probably like seven on because they're like 16, 17. When his mom died, his dad went full v- villain and abused mentally and physically the shit out of him. And this does not excuse, but it does give uh, more... Uh, his mom, who was a hero, who, like, his dad was like, maybe I can be good, after we learned that his dad thinks everybody's evil from listening to their top-level thoughts.
1: We spend uh, the mo- we spend most of the episode uh, with Courtney fighting for him to be on the team. And yes. you do get into this mode where, like, it's called Stargirl. What Courtney wants, Courtney gets. So I think he might be... And then you start figuring out that you have to deal with the situation that uh, Henry Junior did that to Yolanda, a character right. that you've already are you know that you already love and root for. Um, and just when you think that you might be capable of doing that, you realize that I don't know if I ever could be capable. And then also now there's a giant ceiling on top of him. And yeah. looking at it now, it feels like the only way they could go. But while watching it. I like the entire time I'm I'm just I'm just like, oh, oh, whoa, oh my oh my god. Uh, like uh, I can't remember the last CW show or really any show in general that made me uh shout so out like, yeah, shout out <laughs> vowels like this show does.
0: Sometimes why? That's when he died. Uh and part of the how they made a mark so well was so his dad wakes up and Henry did murder somebody at the end of the last episode that they don't really deal with, but his dad wakes up way kinder than he's been in a decade. And then one of the most heartbreaking moments of any of her shows ever, Henry had to tell his dad that mom died a decade ago. And th- I think both these actors pulled off that scene so surprisingly well.
1: Yes. But then here's the thing that I don't think it ruins it, but definitely complicates it. Um, Henry Jr. Uh, thought of Yolanda in the past as a piece of meat, as a, as a toy, as a tool, as something less mm-hmm. than him. And instead of coming to terms with the fact that Yolanda is a real person with real feelings, he did that classic thing that a lot of dudes do who act like that, which is remember that they have daughters, sisters, or mothers. And so it wasn't until Henry realized that he loves his mother and that his dad killed his mother until he says, oh, now I understand what I did to Yolanda was bad. And I'm not like, that's... That's not easy like that. There's a lot of complications there of like, that's a redemption ish, you know, mm-hmm. he, but what he, he should have done was see Yolanda as a human being right away.
0: Well, he certainly should have done that and never shared the nudes. but he, I think the, the the redemption started earlier than that. It wasn't, oh, I have a mom and my dad killed her. When his first apology with her, he it says like, I'm sorry, hurry, and that's way before he finds out his dad, he killed his mom. He finds out that right before he dies.
1: Yeah, I just thought of a lot of the redemption before was it wasn't man, woman, or human, human. It was Mm -hmm. superhero, supervillain. Which side do you want to be on? And he was edging more towards superhero. And so (laughs) heroes would apologize. And it wasn't until he found out that the douchebag that he may one day become killed his mother, who he loves, is when he fully came around and said, Oh shit, Yolanda has feelings.
0: I'll buy that. Yeah, because that's what one of the – right before Henry dies, uh, for to save the rest of the baby JSA is he's like, Dad, no, we got to get you out of here because they they killed mom. They'll probably kill you. And his dad is like, oh, no, Henry Jr., I killed your mom. Right. And, and th- thinking that that'll bring Henry to his side like for some reason.
1: Yeah. And he was just coasting on the fact that, uh, oh, my dad forgot all of his Hitler-esque tendencies. Yeah. And we'll forget them forever. And therefore – we can, we can do something here. And then realizing that, oh, no, he went right back there. For some reason, for a lot of dudes, uh, having Hitler-esque tendencies in your past, uh, it's really just a magnet. You just want to get back to there as soon as you can.
0: Because it's, you never have to look in the mirror, right? You never have to think about wrongs you've done if you just keep hitting that Hitler gas.
1: Right. And we thought that Icicle was the only one. But it turns out there's two of these slender, middle-aged, blonde dudes.
0: And there's a lizard faced version as well. Like this show does do like every couple episodes you're like, oh, they're the worst of the villains. I, I think the, he's, Oh, they're the worst of the villains.
1: I think it's different though, because uh what's his name? Judge Snake Lanceto is a classic comic book villain. Right. So much so that uh do we do moments of the week in the main event? It's hard for Normally me to remember. Now. Normally? Normally now. Okay. Uh but I will throw it. Cassie's
0: out. gone, just do one in the middle.
1: But uh when uh Snake Judge Lance Ito reveals his face, and it's a very snake face, and Yolanda and Courtney, two of the toughest warriors in the in the game, scream at the top Shriek. of their lungs. Uh, but I think that uh Judge Snake Eto is a classic comic book villain, and mm-hmm. Icicle and Brainwave are closer to hey guys, do you want to know who's actually ruining your country? It's it's right. it's gentlemen like this. Yeah. We're not dealing with Doctor Doom now, we're dealing with your fathers here. Yeah. This is what your fathers are like. Here's how they vote.
0: Your founding comma fathers. Uh, I want, I want to move on from Henry, but first just uh, another, when he and Courtney run into each other and don't know how to like, what, what's going to go on now? Uh, I love the, I've never seen telepathy work like this where he says, I have too much to say. So, and then just grabs her and just downloads the previous 24 hours into her. <laughs>
1: Yeah, which is how I don't know if you guys have been listening for very long, but how the like the first I would say ten to twelve superhero show shows worked is that Mike and I would get in a room and we would have so much to say that we would telepathically shoot it back and forth, and the microphones picked up nothing. They are not no. exciting shows,
0: just dead quiet and heavy breathing.
1: But I mean, it's dead quiet except for both of us going, "Oh
0: my god!" Ah! No. Uh, and then why? Why Courtney is the star? Uh, and she's the heart of the show, even though she makes a lot of stupid fucking mistakes. Uh, in his 24 hours, she finds out that Mary, Henry's mom, Mary Miracle, I forget her superhero name, is Stargirl's sister. And so she just hugs Henry instinctively because she's like, we're cousins. And to her, that means like, now we're bonded, even though we hated each other two days ago.
1: Yeah, we're blood, which is crazy for a couple of reasons. One to just like to understand even though that it's very clear at this point and we'll get to this later, but it's very clear that star girl was not a uh, star man was not star girl's dad. Yeah. Uh, I hate you. Oh wait, we, we share DNA. I love you. I, uh, I, I've known for my entire life that my cousins are my cousins and I've refused to touch any of them. <laughs> and for her to just hug immediately.
0: It's weird. He thought it was weird as well. And then another great Courtney Henry moment is, uh, he tells her that his dad can't remember anything since his mom died. And she's like, oh, that's good. I mean, that's sad. Yeah.
1: But no, ultimately, <laughs> it's great if he can't remember all of the awful, awful fascist things he's done.
0: All right. So that is, that is a big part in like the climax at the end. But let's talk about the kind of drama you and I specifically love, Pat and Barbara.
1: So I would say that this is probably the first time Amy Smart had a chance to shine. And here's yeah. why. Moms have this power, and it's a lot like Black Bolt. Black Bolt. I will call it uh, Mamagar, Mamagin Power, <laughs> which is... And she does it twice in this episode, where she says a thing in the middle of an argument, and now it's over. Mm-hmm. Uh, her and Courtney are arguing, and she just says, go upstairs. And Courtney does. And Courtney's the most fucking punk rock, rebellious, I do what I want, and she just knows, oh, Mamagar, Mamagin Power has been flexed. And then... Her and Pat right after that are doing the same thing. And she's like, I need to get out of this house. And he's like, but, but Barb. And she's like, get out of this house. That's it. She has that power of there will be no more conversation after right. the sentence that I am currently saying. Which is, I wish I had with podcasting. That would be awesome. If <laughs> I had that power and you guys just had to sit there and just soak in the thing that I just said.
0: This show was good. No, but I said this show was good. <laughs> this show is good.
1: And you got a point and you got a snap. And you just, you have to meet it, you know?
0: And you think that's what made Amy Smart shine in this episode?
1: I think so, yeah. Just like pulling that mom gun out of her uh, holster and saying, I'm not fucking around right now. And she is like, I know she doesn't know the whole story, but like, as a mom, everything she said, she was totally in the right for. Like, yeah, I would like my daughter to not go to the hospital because she's a pretend superhero. Get the fuck out of my house, bro.
0: And she, yeah, she instantly jumps to it. She's like, wait. The night of the car accident, he's like, yeah. And then I, there's a line she gives in the middle of her and Pat's fight where she says, and this lunacy about you being an assistant superhero. And he says, well, it's sidekick. And the glare she gives him. None of us have fought about that necessarily with our significant others. But that I'm correcting you about a thing that does not matter in the broader scheme of things.
1: God damn it. If Luke Wilson doesn't take home multiple shishis in this season, I'm going to be pissed. Uh, <laughs> watching her say "And that, that night in the hospital. uh, It it was not a car accident. And then the look that he gives, it's like he's half Owen Wilson, half Eeyore. And I can't (laughs) get enough of it.
0: Uh, What did you think about their origin story, how Pat and Barbara met two years ago? Uh, Who are these two adults who get banana splits late at night at a diner right before it closes?
1: Uh, These are actors acting like they're real people. Because this is not what they do in real life. Otherwise, they can't act anymore. Because if you eat a banana split or even half a split, a split split at, you know, one in the morning, you will get fat the next. It's like Violet from Willy Wonka. (laughs) But we all saw where it was coming or where it was going. You know, like they both want one. There's only they only have the material for one banana split. (laughs) And then he's like, he's like, of course, chivalrous. Oh, she can have it. And she's like, but wait. There's in the name. <laughs> there's less, and then so they share it.
0: I'm sorry I stepped on your, but wait, there's less.
1: No, it was, it was exactly as adorable as it needed to be, which is not super romantic, but also Pat and Barbara passed that. You know.
0: Yeah, Just because their age, like they both have a kid, they're not looking for love, they're just looking for a stable partner, and Pat obviously reneged on that deal.
1: The highlight of the scene, though, was that when Pat... Like they they talked for a little bit and then there was a silence and then Pat leaned back over to talk again, but the camera was on Barb's face, and Barb had this beaming smile, where usually it's like if it's anybody who doesn't look like Luke Wilson, the girl's like, Oh my god, is this person still talking to me? (laughs) And she doesn't want Pat to see the smile because that would ruin her game. But we got to see the smile, and that that's I think what made it the most adorable.
0: Yes, it was Adorbs for Shorbs. Uh, I hope Amy Smart, like, she's she's a solid actress. I hope she keeps, while this is good, is she had more emotions to show. She's been frustrated. She's only been sitcom mom up until this episode. And now she had a full gamut of emotions to be able to tap into.
1: Yeah, but, like, don't get too re-famous, Amy Smart, because I want you to stay on the show. Don't yes. start thinking that you can go star in Just Friends 2.
0: Oh. She could film that in between.
1: <laughs> With Deadpool.
0: With Deadpool. I uh it's just Amy Smart and Deadpool and it's about their friendship growing up.
1: <laughs> and man, watching Fat Deadpool sing what is it, All for One? I'm
0: all out of love. <laughs> uh man.
1: Real quick if I can I about as far as yeah, I know, dude. I'm trying to move us <laughs> on as fast as possible. Yeah, I know, you sidetracked that before one. we get into your pitch for the Broadway musical version of Just Friends, where InSync does all the song No, wait, All for One does all the songs. Uh, I want to talk to you about Mike real quick. Mike? Z- Mike. And that oh, is not uh, me. The little brother. Yeah.
0: Who instantly, his dad's like, stay here at the house. And he's like, no, you're my dad. I don't like these people. I don't know how many times I have to tell you that.
1: I do like the fact, though, that you thought that if I ever had something to tell you, <laughs> I would it in third person and we'd be talking about a quote-unquote fictional character. <laughs> Man, this character, Mike, drinks a lot, doesn't he?
0: <laughs> real problem drinker.
1: Have you? Both of our examples were the same. Have you noticed that uh, Mike, over the course of 10 episodes, is becoming more and more of like a New Jersey mook? Like, part yeah. of Tony Soprano's <laughs> team? Like, in this episode, he's like, yo, mm, ah, what are we doing? Like, brothers and sisters, they trust each other. Hello, buffungu.
0: Uh, you've betrayed me. you betrayed the family. You never wanted to be here. Go.
1: Oh, what are these? Cheetos? Hello. Here comes trouble. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, it, it's odd, and he, he takes it down to Courtney because literally at this point, everybody in the family is hiding things from Mike, and he doesn't know it's super heroic. So he just thinks Courtney's an asshole.
1: I also think that he has uh, somehow developed a bit of a receding hairline as a 12-year-old <laughs> actor, and I think that's just method. Like He just shaves yeah. a little bit of his head to be more of a mook every They uh, said, be
0: mookier, and he's like, okay, <laughs> I'll do it. Uh, and so it, what, what's, uh, I love this nuance, and I'm a big fan of the show, is that Barbara is not on Pat's side now. But she did record the creepy grandparents, the creepy parents of uh Icicle. There we and... go. Yeah.
1: If you thought the banana split was cute, watch Pat after Barbara records be like, God damn girl, that was fucking dope.
0: He's so in love and admiring and turned on because she, <laughs> like a detective, recorded their creepy Norwegian shit.
1: And maybe it's hard as a sidekick to like be confident with girls. Um because, you know, you're just a sidekick, or as What does Barbara call him?
0: An assistant superhero. (laughs) What
1: were you, an assistant superhero? And then he says sidekick, which actually sounds less cool than assistant superhero.
0: (laughs) That, unfortunately, is all the time we have to talk about this week's Stargirl.
1: I got two more things real quick. Uh, First of all, high school kids, stay away from Courtney, or you will watch a different high school student die. This has happened twice now. She has a pattern. And number two, our man almost got Solomon Grundy out of that cage. Can you – this was – this show was jam fucking packed. This this had as much as like a, an entire season of Arrow, and I loved yeah. this episode. Can you imagine if also he had broken Solomon Grundy out of that cage? I At, thought that was happening. Our man, he's get your shit an together and become part of the fucking team, dude.
0: Yeah, his whole thing of last episode of uh, when they talk about if Henry can join, he's like, "I'm an asshole. I'm not a bad person like he is." I don't know, dude. Your your, your asshole niche is starting to stack up.
1: I don't want to sound like a broken record, but if you're spending core not watching. Stargirl, then you have to rethink everything. Sort it's, your
0: fucking life out.
1: I, I've said this a couple times, Mike, where I've asked this, but like, is this the best CW show of all time?
0: Yes. Inarguably. Inarguably! Inarguably.
1: We are going to, objectively, the best show. And Mike, you were a diehard Arrow fan.
0: Mm-hmm. I love Arrow. I cried a lot when, uh, so many times throughout the eight-season run. But this is arguably the best CW show. We have to take a break. When we come back, the pull list. It is, of course, time for The Pull List, where we talk about every single other show that came out last week in a more succinct and down-to-business manner. We'll see. First up is
1: Doom Patrol. On this week's episode of Doom Patrol, Cliff falls from space, hits the ground, and then has to fucking walk home. Meanwhile, Rita goes method and hangs out with a beekeeper to learn about her community theater role. (laughs) But we spend most of the time with Larry, Vic, Ronnie, and Miranda, the new lead Jane, as they have to deal with scants, little pink bugs who infect you, make you do stupid things, and then feed off the juice that you create when you're doing stupid things. Finally, the professor comes face-to-face with the candle maker and decides that it's time to let Kipling, quote-unquote, handle her. He thought he was protecting Dorothy from the world, but has now decided, as her father, that it's time to protect the world from her. Taste buds, I ask you this. Does this revelation say anything new about Doom Patrol's thoughts on fathers? And isn't this the theory that Calder had towards Dorothy for the entire show?
0: Yeah, that's why he locked her up for ninety years. This isn't new. Calder sucks. Like he's not—he's not a bad character, but he's a villain. He's definitely a villain who thinks he's doing right, but is constantly fucking up. And what sucks is the rest of the Doom Patrol. Only they yell it at him, but not in a way that like clicks. I don't know why they don't just kill him. Like,
1: and like, yeah, this whole season has been about like Calder, you suck. We fucking hate you on a multiple different levels, but we like we're all different amounts of hate, but we hate you. So stop doing that. And he's like, okay, okay, okay. Nah, I'm just gonna keep doing uh, it. Yeah, Miles out. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so he is going to have his daughter murdered, which I think that in a show that's uh, becoming more and more clear that's about bad fathers, mm-hmm. this might be the least fatherly thing you can do
0: it, it might, the least fatherly thing you might do is unless god is telling you to do it then biblically that is one of the most fatherly things you can do
1: well i think that all fathers that agree to abortions are the worst fathers because they're murdering their children they're basically murdering the presidents of the united states who will also solve cancer but other than that this guy this guy is the worst
0: i, I don't know we've never had a cancer solving president before so i don't think we ever will
1: so wait, you think that history repeats itself so much that if there was never a cancer solving president, and what would that person's name be?
0: Uh, Joseph Cancerian. <laughs>
1: so then, there—that means that there will never be a president named Joseph Cancerian. Do you think that yes. one day we're just going to repeat and then have George Washington and then George Washington
0: too? I and mean, that- it already started with John Quincy Adams. Look at the time loops, man.
1: That's true, man. Uh, there was already a president, John Adams. What should I do? Oh, Quincy, call me Quincy. That's what I'm I would like.
0: Quincy. Back then, politics did seem fun. I bet you just called him Quince, and he was fine with it. You could see him, like, walking his pet bear down the street. So These were simpler.
1: Did you watch this, Mike? I didn't. It was we a got the, We got these little pink bugs called Scants. And then we also ran into, um, who's that fat guy who thinks he's like a warrior but is not? Remember him? Has
0: he, he's been on the show before?
1: Yeah. He lives in the basement of his mom.
0: Oh. Yeah, I don't remember his name.
1: So he's in this giant white painting. And the way that he handles hiding from the scants in this painting is to paint the front of his uh, body barely white. Like, he does a bad job of it, but then leave the back. And that's, I guess that's kind of cool because it's comic paneling, you know? Like, comic <laughs> panels don't care about what the back of you looks like. Um, but he's like, yeah, don't talk to these scants. They're fucking crazy. And then Vic and Ronnie and uh, Larry do. And they realize that maybe having a bunch of fun... Is not the answer. It's a lot like Pleasure Island from Pinocchio, uh-huh. but before they go into the painting, when they just when they're all hopped up on scant drugs and don't know it, this is some of the best show I've seen from this season. They're just so happy, which is not something yeah. that that comes from this show. Um, Cyborg is about to perform surgery on his girlfriend, and Larry runs in. And says, what are you guys doing? And they're like, oh, you're dressed like a doctor. And he's like, yeah, I am. And they're like, perform this surgery. And they're like, (laughs) sweet. And they high five. And then just start (laughs) sawing on bodies. Because drugs rule, dude. I don't care about what the uh, aftermath is of drugs. When you're high on drugs in the moment, it fucking rules.
0: And then uh, if you ever have to think about the repercussions, just do more drugs. Yeah. No.
1: (laughs) Don't get addicted. That's not what we're saying. Just do as much drugs as you can without getting addicted.
0: Without getting addicted. Ryan, that sounds like a pretty good moment. Do you have a moment of the week?
1: Yeah, my moment of the weeks are, I think, Rita-based from here on out. You know, A couple of people have earned this title before. Um, I think that for a while, Tom Cavanaugh would just have every Flash moment Mm -hmm. of the week. Uh, So this is Rita from here on out. And... She scolds, she goes over to this beekeeper's house to learn how to portray a beekeeper on community <laughs> theater stage. And uh, the beekeeper screams at her daughter and uh, then asks Rita if she would like a beer. And Rita's reaction of, mm, that's mm, it's like 10 in the morning. No, uh, yes, of course I would. Uh, that's why I'm out of the week. Like, Rita far, for, for always.
0: Rita far will always go far. Doom Patrol is on Thursday nights on hbo max your next show up is warrior nun in the sixth and seventh episodes of warrior nun ava and mary bond in a small previously demon infested village mary had once helped exercise meanwhile cardinal duretti continues his takeover of the ocs by bringing reject warrior nuns who had been booted for being too violent and ava meets up with jillian salvius to see if science can help her taste buds i ask you this the seventh episode ends with Ava, Father Vincent, Beatrice, and Chuck and Mary on the Lamb from the OCS potentially taking the fight straight to the Vatican. Why is it so much more satisfying to watch a small group of outlaws fight a corrupt organization?
1: Then what? A big group of outlaws?
0: Uh, well, then the OCS is just an organization fighting demons.
1: Yeah, I guess it's because the only thing that we could do is round up a small group. So I think it makes us think that we're capable of all of that. mm. Because everything that we go against is against the biggest thing possible. Like, mm -hmm. you and I are never like, hey, there's this clubhouse with two people in it. Let's get two more people with us and then kick the shit out of it. (laughs) So to see, like, small groups fight the big thing is, I think, I don't know.
0: I mean, yeah, I guess there's logistics. There's smaller cast. That's good. You can Scooby-Doo around in a van. But there's, like, Shield got better when it was a small team of Shield. Fighting things than when they had the whole organization. Is it like it's not fun to watch a well-resourced group do things?
1: Yeah, I think so. Like ragtag, right? Like you always want ragtag.
0: Yeah, uh, but I gotta tell you. Uh, so you you're just out at this point, right?
1: I mean, we are going to uh, put the main focus on the season Final finale, and two weeks? yeah, in a couple weeks, and I might go through and do it all if I can. I did. I hate this I show. Urge you, to. you urged me to. Yeah. All right. This is one urging. I'm going to write this down.
0: It's fun. There's definitely other shows better in the world that you should watch, but it's fun, man. And it's Netflix avoiding so many of the Netflix issues we have with them.
1: It's just that, like, Mike, you and I are also on a show called Movie of the Year where we're not just watching a movie, but we're watching, like, movies that take, uh, like, rip our heart and soul from our body. And Mm -hmm. it's hard to, like, watch more stuff after that. I just lay on the ground and pant.
0: I think this is just like not watching anything, because you can just watch it and let it wash over you.
1: What a solid endorsement.
0: Uh, I will just jump to my moment of the week. Um, I, these were great episodes, but I don't want to just regale you with things that happened.
1: No, no, uh, I want it. Come on, give it to me.
0: So, yeah, so the they're, 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 the sixth episode is just Mary and Ava in the small town, and Mary only is tough, but now Ava's seeing, like, what happens to the people, the nuns help. They all look at her so thankfully. And the whole town was possessed and nobody goes to church anymore. Cause the priest was one of the possessed people and did fucked up stuff. And then Ava's like, what was it like? And he just tells her what it's like to not have control of your own body. It's like watching somebody. And it's definitely, she's like, that's kind of how it felt like when I was quadriplegic, like, so it worked there and it didn't hit you too hard in the head over it. Um, and Mary's also like, she's kind of obi waning Ava at this point, she kicked her straight off a cliff. Uh, And she bounced back. She's like, yep, life's hard, especially when you're on your third one. But, like, look at what you can do now. Don't waste it. And Ava just keeps telling everyone, like, I don't owe anybody anything. And Mary's like, yeah, but you have nothing else. So why not do the right thing? Uh, And then the second one, the OCS takeover, I love this kind of shit, where there's, like, the evil doppelgangers. There's The leader of them is Sister Crimson. And we meet them because Beatrice is a badass nun. uh, And we just see this Sister Crimson taking out all the nuns in the sparring room. Beatrice kicks the shit out of her for real. And then as she like bows, Sister Crimson pulls out nunchucks and just checks her in the gut. Uh, but because the higher-ups are there, she can't like unleash the Beatrice. Uh, all, of it, all of it was awesome. It was all dope. And now that there's a bunch of gun-toting nuns versus the nuns we like who fight with swords. Did
1: all of the actresses that you know get to play their doppelgangers, right?
0: No, it wasn't true doppelgangers in that way. It's just like shittier versions.
1: I'd be so bad if I was an actor or actress. I'd be like, that's my job and you get to like you get to be evil and demonic and then you took that away from me.
0: And no, these are not demons. These are just people who the order considered too violent, like too criminal.
1: No, I'm saying all doppelgangers by definition are demonic.
0: Oh, that's for sure true. I don't trust twins cuz one of them is demonic.
1: Right. Uh, most people think that you are my doppelganger and if you listen to you talk, you are demonic.
0: My one of the week. I have a few. Uh, Sister Crimson shoulder checks Mary, because Mary is gone during all this takeover. And she says, you aren't supposed to be here. And Mary says, that makes two of us, and just literally punches her face straight into the ground, not knowing that there's been a hostile takeover. She just Bad-ass. sees somebody she doesn't like. Uh, and then Ava, when she's, they're on their way out and... The the bad nuns are all pulling guns. And she starts giving this like big, very heroic speech. And in the middle of it, she's like, I'm the goddamn warrior nun. (laughs) Somebody just shoots her straight through the chest.
1: (laughs) How important is a pre-punch, pre-death line to you, line of dialogue? And do you need a pun to be involved?
0: I don't need one, but I love one.
1: Okay. But do you want something badass to be said right before you take somebody out?
0: Yes. Wait. They say something badass right before I take them out. Or yes. I say something badass. right before I actually I take like
1: that more. Out. So I would. I was saying that you, as the taker out, the puncher, say something yes. badass. But it's even better if they say like, "You'll never get me," because I'm. Oh my god, I'm dead.
0: <laughs> oh my god, I'm dead. Uh, War of None is on Netflix. Always, we're going to a week. Your final show of the week run is Marvel's Agents of Shield.
1: This week's episode of Groundhog Day is called Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. After last week's episode, called Palm Springs, this week jumps to the Zephyr as the agents are about to die in a wormhole, and Daisy is our main character who keeps waking up on the same day. The two twists here are, one, if you're an LMD like Colson, you don't reset, although that's not a twist anymore after last week's episode, and two, that wormhole gets a little closer with every reset, giving the story a ticking time bomb other than sanity of main characters. Director Elizabeth Henstridge, did you see that shit?
0: Yeah. Director yourself.
1: Director Elizabeth Henstridge manages to find things to focus on other than the little gimmicks we get to see repeated and twisted, but also makes sure to have plenty of time for the emotional moments, including basically the entire third act. Taste butterick, I ask you this. Which emotional moment hit the hardest? Where Daisy got three, I think? Coulson got two. And then Enoch got one. Susa got one. There's a bunch for Gemma. I think a little one for Deke. What was the emotional moment? And you're coming at me right now as a Agents of Shield fan, seen every episode, this this episode had to have hit, right?
0: Yeah, this hit hard. One of the best for I think inaugural directing. She crushed it versus like uh Melissa Benoist did her directing last season of Supergirl and it was bad. It was a bad episode of TV. Uh And this was like, no, I can take a well-worn trope and still bring new things to it.
1: But the thing too, like with that Supergirl episode, it it was just such a, it felt like such a typical episode of Supergirl, right? Mm -hmm. Like it was just seventeen of twenty-two. Whereas this is like, you better get your fucking tone and your editing and the way you want people to deliver lines. You better get that shit down.
0: It's uh, Coulson is saying something about watching friends die and how hard it is because he remembers Love Loops and Daisy saying. Did it not occur to you that maybe I know something about watching my friend die over and over and over again? Hit hard. And, like, we've not just watched these two characters grow together. We've watched Chloe Bennett learn how to act. (laughs) And her growth, it it so much is just from, like, Clark Gregg and Coulson as her mentors. And it hit hard.
1: The third act is after a bunch of Daisy Coulson screen time, Daisy and Coulson sit with Enoch Enoch, Mm -hmm. as he dies. And I think that's what you're supposed to go for. But I think that, like, the heart of this episode, besides the heart that Enoch literally pulls out of his body to save the day, is Daisy and Colson just constantly forcing each other to grow. Just like, that's been like the theme of the series is, you know, like, it's like The Office you think is about Jim and Pam, but it's actually about Michael Scott and Pam. It's always been about Daisy and Colson being like, hey, get better. And they always make each other do that. And then, but ultimately, I think that it's so much of it is about Coulson's frustration about being an LMD because Yikes. we have just been like, we have been like, this is just something that we've had to accept, and the cast has had to accept, and Coulson has had to accept. And this is the show where, like, there's four or five moments where he's like, fuck this. This is fucking fuck this. Uh, he always remembers all the Groundhog Day information, even though nobody else does. He has to talk about what it's like to power down, like, even mm-hmm. the fact that he can reset. Is just pr- it's his life is constant proof that he's not a human. It's not better right. than human. It's always I'm not a human. And right. watching uh Coulson go through all of this, I did not expect this in a show that I had before I watched it knew that it was like Groundhog Day esque.
0: Right. Yeah, and r- it reminded us how great he is because it's been a minute to like when he got to be annoyed. Coulson is very fun, uh-huh. and he's annoyed for so much of this, and is like not the cool, calm, collected. And then we get those emotional and the very funny ones. Like I think right before he opens up. Uh, he goes, not to minimize your pain. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to bring you down. And he's like, he's a funny actor and letting him, like, off the leash to do this.
1: But, like, great. that's that's White do Groundhog Day of 2020 where there was probably 10 loops uh-huh. where he said the wrong thing. And then after the 11th, he learned how to say not to minimize your pain, you know. Yeah. Like, he finally learned how to get people to talk to him. But, yeah, like, he's he's so frustrated comically and, you know, like, in a way that touched me. I guess. Yeah. Uh, throughout this entire episode. Uh,
0: another elevation of the groundhog day trope is about halfway through. It's not just where a groundhog day with the ticking time bomb, it's a murder mystery. Cause once they realize, uh, so the reason the groundhog Daying is they, something happened with the time machine device and they jumped in a jump. The flux capacitor. So sci-fi things. And only Gemma can do it, but she can't remember. So through all these loops, they learn that she has this, the implant and her blocking memories out but every time they try to take it out they die it turns into like scream in the middle of groundhog's day and, and they, they
1: made it clear that there was no like ghost or alien or <laughs> anything on the ship you know it's like
0: somebody it's one of our crew
1: everybody whose name is in the opening credits is that's the only suspects that we have
0: and one so many jokes come out of that and then there's the mystery part and then like one of the favorite so that everybody's in their certain loops and, and Coulson's there's like, all right, let us all out. Let's do this clue, stand in a room and figure it out. And Coulson's in the middle of letting yo-yo out And he's like, I'm assuming it isn't you, right? You would tell me, you would tell me right now if it was you. Uh, and yeah, it turns out it's Enoch because he was programmed by Simmons to take out anybody who ever tried to take out her implant.
1: Basically loses mind, like eyes gloss over. And then he just, yeah. like, he's not Enoch, the shield friend anymore, but like this robot who has, He's basically Johnny Five slash Terminator as far as like taking out orders.
0: Which is also fucked up considering Coulson's, oh no, I'm not a human thing. But Gemma used Enoch's not humanity against him because he is now killing all of his friends over and over and over
1: again. Also, didn't Gemma think for a second that Enoch might be killing the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because of this order? Like, how did she not see this coming when she programmed it? And all just to save Fitz?
0: Is it safe or is Fitz dead? Because when she takes that implant out, man. All she right, starts bawling.
1: Let's get to this. The, the real moment of the week is, this was like, I thought this was a, I, I, I thought that I was done with seeing perfect Groundhog Day episodes and I thought this one was it. Um, and then we get this thing and it was like perfect amount of twists and character moments and then uh, Gemma sort of like comes to and sees the future or she has her block blocked and she starts, not like, like gently crying, like wipe away one tear, but hyperventilating sobbing. Mm-hmm. what was that Mike?
0: I, I think Fitz is dead and she had to block that out to be able to do this mission Fuck. or Fitz like went Leo again. Like you went Hitlery.
1: Oh, <laughs> like, so we've got you out of the, uh, that dimension and we brought you into the real one and you're still Hitlery, Bro, yeah. get over it. We thought you got like that out of your system in the other just dimension. Get
0: over it. couple dude. things real quick.
1: Think? I, I think you're right. I just don't want to admit that you're right. Uh, so we did the most emotional moment. What was the best repeated moment? What was the most groundhog, like, funny Groundhog Day moment?
0: Yo-Yo's face when Daisy said her line with her was great. Like, she looked so annoyed that somebody would know that what she was saying.
1: I had some options for you, but you went directly to my answer. Uh, Yo-ho, yo sorry, not Yo-Ho, not the guy who screamed at AOZ this week, but Yo-Yo delivers this line where Mac is like, hey, can you get there, or are you close to it? And yo uh, Yo is like, uh, I'm close to everything. And, but she delivers it in like this cheesy way. And -hmm. then Daisy's like, oh yeah, she's going to, and she yeah, this is what she says. And you could see Yo-Yo thinking it was such a cool, clever line, like the screenwriters typically would. And then she just gets busted. Like, oh fuck. I thought that was going to be cool. I thought that was going to be a moment (laughs) and you ruined it. Um, Uh, the other big one was, uh, Enoch's constant busting ass.
0: Yeah. And then just like in a pile of some of them are dead. Some of them aren't.
1: Yeah, so they they keep deciding to go after Enoch in every loop, and Enoch destroys them. At one point, uh, they he beats the shit out of everyone, but kills Deke. And they're yeah. like, "Oh, is that Deke's corpse?" That's yeah, fine. Like, oh, of course, don't worry about it.
0: Uh, another great one, like it was fucking with it, where they're they're rushing. They only have so much time, and Daisy's like. Uh, I can take a loop and just sits down to work, work things out with Sousa. She's like, but I think this and what about this? Like Their emotional stuff is whatever, but it was in her like, I just need advice right now.
1: So let's go to magical moment of the week. Daisy and Sousa kiss, earned, and got you hot and bothered and all soap opera E or did you roll your eyes a little bit?
0: It, when I saw it starting, like, the viewers start realized it before Daisy did, I kind of rolled my eyes, but by the end, when she like, gives him a little smooch maybe it's because I, I think Envergie and chloe bennett are such charismatic beautiful people i don't know by the, the, the beginning of it was lame but the execution by the end i dug and his speech man his speech where it was obviously just referencing peggy carter and him being like i'm a guy i need to support people because i'm not as cool as you but i need to make you drink water
1: okay i don't know if it's time but that leads me directly to my moment of the week which is realizing that Souza's thing the thing that he's into is the most badass shield agent of any era that he's in. Any era, He has set a bar that is very high. And, like, dude, I would settle a little bit. You know, I would bring the bar (laughs) down lower than the most badass female agent that exists in any given time.
0: That's how Seuss is going to Seuss. My moment of the week is, is, I got to say, is Enoch's dying speech, because this is a newer character. I was surprised how dusty it got. And it is cheesy lines, but I think his lack of saccharine selling, because he is a robot, sold his line of uh, "I've been alone for hundreds of years." It wasn't until I met this particular team of shield agents that meant alone was being alone was lonely. And thinking about how this show is ending and how long it's been, I was just like, "Oh God!"
1: It was cheesy lines, but like I gotta say, and I don't know, like maybe this because of the movies I've been watching recently, but like it wasn't about like Daisy, I'll miss you, and Coulson, I'll miss you most of all, and Daisy, actually, I'll miss you most of all. There was the, they just talked philosophy. Yeah. The three of them sat down, or it was mostly Colson and Enoch, but like, they just talked about what death, what aloneness, like all these things, and they did a, I think they did a good job of it. Yeah. I, is my brain broken? Have I watched too many episodes of S.H.I.E.L.D. to think that this was like a moving, poignant moment?
0: No, because I think this, I think Elizabeth Henstridge has a career in directing that's the real shit out
1: that's the real moment of the week right when i see when i'm watching for the director of an episode and i see elizabeth henstridge i'm like oh yeah she'll probably do the exact same job of every other shield director of all time dude fucking killed it
0: we're forgetting that she was the star of the best shield agents of shield episode before this one that is true uh simmons on the moon (laughs) like she knows how to do weird shield
1: you know what's weird is my third favorite after those two uh shield episode is the one uh What's her name? Zari from Legends Tomorrow goes on Groundhog Day. So I think I have a thing.
0: It's Groundhog Day mostly? It's Groundhog
1: Day, yeah. I like girls who Groundhog Day.
0: (laughs) That's what they say about you. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is on Wednesday nights on ABC. Ryan, that is all the time we have.
1: Hold on. Mike, please stop. Make this go longer. The second that you uh, say that the show is over means that Cassie is back, and she will say and do those mean things to us.
0: That's true. So to prolong this little, could you tell people... Other shows they could listen to.
1: Yes, you could listen to, of course, uh, Movie of the Year, a show oft-referenced in this podcast for no reason. (laughs) But Movie of the Year is on uh, Apple Podcasts and all of your uh, classic podcatchers. And then the OCD is still on there too. Please rate and review and subscribe to all of these things. Also, if I don't say this, The Natural 20s is on all of these things too.
0: If you don't say this, dot, 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 implied threat here.
1: Brass knuckles. It's brass knuckles.
0: You could also rate this podcast and subscribe at ratethispodcast.com slash superhero. It'll we're on go on your phone, it'll help you rate everywhere. It's very helpful for us. Uh, another website is yourpopfill If you're a weirdo who likes to listen to things on websites, that's where all our stuff lives.
1: Uh also, there's also pay We have the stats for that. We can see that most of you go through Apple Podcasts. But there's a, like a large percentage of you that go through the website, stop going through the website. Yeah, why, no one man, should go to the website.
0: Go to Spotify, I guess. Uh, Ryan, how could they help us out fiscally?
1: There's a couple of ways. One, fold a $1, $5, $10, or $20 bill into a paper airplane. Kiss Shut that kiss that dollar bill and th- say go to Pop filter and then throw it. And it will, because the wind knows us. That's right. The wind is on our side. It will magically get into our pockets. Or, if you don't think that the wind is on our side, which makes you naive, not me, uh, then you can go to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. Make that your bookmark for all Amazon purchases. Helps us out a lot. It helps them out less a little. And that is, I think, what we all want. Also, and there's us, so. make sure you go to uh, patreon.com slash yourpotfilter if you... Pick a tier there, then you can uh, help us out a tremendous amount and get extra little bonuses that nobody else gets. Like non paying customers just get podcasts. If you pay, you get fried chicken sometimes. Mike I'll send you fried chicken. Am I reading this correctly?
0: I think you're reading it correctly. There's a tier, the secret tier of fried chicken. Uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram at your pop filter. You can email us contact at your dot If you have scenarios that you would like Ryan and I to discuss what Cassie would deal with, but she will not be allowed to discuss them. Uh, emails there or anything else. Uh, that is the show next week. Who I'm pretty stoked about next week. Next it week. Is.
1: Wait, hold on before you go meeting umbrella Academy is like one of the bigger shows that we do. Uh huh. We don't give a fuck. Winona Earp is premiering. Which one goes in the spotlight? What is the main event Earp. next week? It's Earp. <laughs>
0: it's Earp. Fuck yes! Next week, the main event is Winona Earp is back. There's also the premiere of season two of The Umbrella Academy, and Will Fitz when the best supporting actor should she? That would be impressive. There's only one way to find out. Tune in next week.